when he speaks in the whirlwind. So he he to find those who can hear him speak in the whirlwind. In Job, it took 38 chapters for him to be able to hear God when he spoke in the whirlwind. So in the whirlwind, he spoke in the whirlwind. You see, it says that in chapter 38, verse one. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. All men. Great and small tried to build boundaries around them by their own hands. So in the heavens, all men, no matter how great or how high, he was with his side. He always used his own hand to define a boundary. They tried to build a bubble around their family and themselves. So he wanted to And in English, I describe this nest by man built by three R's. 我在在英国的时候有，我们就在这里描述英国这个人他们造一个这个窝的时候是怎么样。Do you know what the three R's used to be in America? Three R's, letter R. 哦，在英英文当中有三个这个 R， 三个 R 的这个字母来描述这个窝。They used to say reading, writing, arithmetic. <laughs> of course, they spelled two words wrong to have these three R's. When man builds his bubble, he makes it out of three R's. The first, routine. 第一个就是呃例行的 ，business， 就是好一个照照正常的。We feel we have control of our lives when we have a routine。我觉我们觉得我们可以控制我们的日常生活，如果它是一个照例行例行公事一样。We get up at a time, we go to a place。所以我们照常起床，照常去工作。We eat at a time。呃呃，照常吃饭。We do important things like watch television。我们做一些重要的事情，好像看电视。Oh, we have a routine。It makes us feel safe. 呃，这些就使得我们感觉安全。A second device man made is religion. 第二个人所造的这个工具，这个泡泡就是呃宗教。Now here I'm not talking about living faith. I'm talking about man-made religion. 我不是在讲那个活的信心，我是讲那个人所造的宗教。Superstition. 就是一个迷信。Say. Just sayings, 就是一些人所说的话 Formulas to try to keep us safe. 好像一些造一些公式，使得我们人感觉安全 We believe if we pray these things, 我们觉得我们若是这样祷告 If we perform these deeds, 若是我们是做这些行为 God will take care of us. 神就会呃看顾我们 We will be safe. 我们就会安全 And so religion gives us a sense of security. 所以那个宗教也给人们一些安全感 And the third and greatest R is reason. It's given to man to figure things out. 就是让人可以思想一些事情。If we can figure things out, we understand and we know how to live. 若是人能够想通怎么做一个事情，那人就可以活在这地上。We explain things. 我们也可以解释一些事情。And the main reason we reason is to justify ourselves. 
，所以人的思思虑，他们思考，他就是让人能够觉得自己能够称义。So many people in the superstorm were not affected. Their electricity didn't go off. They still have heat. 所以在这个这一次的飓风当中，有的人呃都很好，也没有停电，也没有什么停水，非常都正常。And of course they reason. 所以他们就在思考这些事情。God loves me especially. 啊，神这样爱我，特别的爱我。Now those who still don't have electricity. 但是在那些还现在还没有电的人当中。Now they must understand it. 他们必须要来能够明白。Justify it. 他们能够来来那个陈明这件事情。Man till his last breath is reasoning in order to find security and purpose in his life. 所以，即使人到最后一口气的时候，还要在思想，让让他能够想通这些事情。But when God speaks in the whirlwind, all of these little walls collapse. 但是，当神在旋风中向人说话的时候，这些所造的这些城墙、气泡，通通都都都倒塌了。The bubble pops. 这个气泡好像就破掉了。No routine. 就没有一个我们的例行呃常规可以循遵循了。Some people stand in their apartment in New York City. They keep turning the light switch on and off. There's no electricity. 啊，有的人在他们曼哈顿的公寓里头这样开关，一不停的开关，因为电都没有来。They walk to the subway. Subway. There's no subway. 他们走到地铁的时候，地铁也不通。There's no job at the other end. 在那在那个那边没有一个没有一个通路。And when routine is broken up. 所以他们的例例例行公公式好像就被打断了。Anxiety grips us. 那人就焦虑就产生了。You know we have a special problem in Manhattan. 你们知不知道在曼哈顿有一个很特别的问题 ？I think it's also a problem in Flushing. 特在 Flushing 可能也有同样的问题。It's called BlackBerry iPhone dependency. 这个就是现在大家太依靠这个。呃，电子的这个呃电话和 iPhone 这些电子仪器。Now you know most of the saints in Manhattan they live lower Manhattan. 呃，我们大多数的圣徒在曼哈顿是住在下层的。I heard the district is now called Sopo, south of Tower. 那现在大家取一个绰号叫做在在那个电电力范围以南的范围。And after the electricity went off, two of the saints from our, who meet with us found each other within a half hour. 那是在停电以后，有两个圣徒，他们他们在他们就能够能够找到彼此。And how did they find each other? 他们能怎么能够跟彼此联络上呢 ？They both had their cell phone up in the air looking for service. 他他们拿着这个手机这样子看，那寻找那个讯号。And they walked all the way uptown, like Forty Second Street. 他们这样走走走走走到那个四十二街。And suddenly they had service. 突然那个讯号来了。And they bumped into each other. 他们就这样在那里相遇了。They met each other. This is Enoch's two children, Caleb and Chloe. Oh, we all have a routine. No, when routine is, is, is crushed, now we're all looking anxiously for service. 我们好像就在寻找那个那个讯号。And no matter what kind of religion we try to construct, like a tower of Babel around us, 
When God speaks in the whirlwind, our religion fails. All those promises disintegrate. And our unbelief comes out. And our reason when we can't figure out why God did this to me. We begin to sense how filled with foolishness is our life. Now we see Job learning by the voice in the whirlwind. You know, Job was a God fearing man and he had a good routine. He prayed, and he even offered sacrifices in case his children might sin. And then came the whirlwind. And his children died, and his crops were destroyed, and his herds were gone. And then second within a few days, as if there was a nor'easter on top of a superstorm, he lost his health. And his routine was gone. His way of life was gone. But his religion also had the top. For 30 chapters in the book of Job, Job and his three friends argued about religion. Why has this happened? Oh, and his friends, there was a, a liberal, there was a legalist, there was a professor. There was a predestinarian. They all had their religious reasons. They said, Job, this is why this has happened. At the end of Job 31, it says Job stopped speaking, and so did his friends. Their religion and all of their shallow answers could not answer what God had done. Now let's make this note. Job never lost, lost his faith, he lost his religion. He said from the start, God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of God. He had faith in God, though his religion had collapsed. Oh, but reason, it's the last to go. It's the last stronghold of man's understanding. 
Now let me ask you a question because you and I see the book of Job. How could Job, with his human reason, possibly understand this spiritual battle between God and Satan going on in the unseen? Do we mere men understand all that's going on today? God and Satan were in a battle over Job. Job didn't understand what was going on. He didn't see God and Satan talking. But down on this earth, he was struggling to figure out what was going on. Now, to me, Job is a picture of all men, Christian, non-Christian, all alike. Our basic diet has been eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These things we understand. But when God speaks in the whirlwind, the knowledge we have gained from that tree does not satisfy. But it must be so that we reason and argue and think, if I can only figure this out. You know, there are many Jews today who believe in God. But whenever you mention the Holocaust and the Second World War, they shake their fist at God. Why? 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 He still has not given us a reason. And when the whirlwind comes, it's the temptation of every man to say, Why? Why? Now, isn't it interesting? If you weren't touched, you've already forgotten about the superstorm. Now, some people lost their grandfather, they lost their business, they lost their car, they lost their home. And you know they're shaking their fists. Because man wants to know. And so Job and his friends argued themselves until there was nothing more to say. And then what happened? After they had spoken all that they could, a young man named Elihu had been listening. He heard the folly of their religion, their routine, and their reasoning. And though he was just a man and didn't know the answers himself, 
He was sort of like a John the Baptist, preparing the way for the Lord to speak to Job. Now, how did Elihu prepare Job to hear the Lord speaking in the whirlwind? Do you hear the Lord when He speaks? I think when you have a routine and your own religion and your own reason, we don't listen to God. Sometimes these things must be stripped away. And so it was that when they had all finished their speaking, Elihu said these words that we just read. He takes God, he says, God takes the storm. Let's read again verses uh, chapter 37 of Job, verses 12 and 13. He changes the direction, turning around by his guidance, that it may do whatever he commands it on the face of the inhabited earth, whether as a rod or for his land or for mercy, he causes it to be. 三十七章十二节，这云是借他的指引游行旋转，得以在全地面上行他一切所吩咐的，或为责罚，或为任地，或为施行慈爱。Now Elihu did not understand why God had brought this whirlwind upon Job's来。Elihu他并不了解为什么神把好像一阵旋风把一阵让约伯所发生的事情，他并不了解。But here's what he said. Stand and consider the wonders of God. That's verse 14. When the whirlwind comes, we realize that God is almighty and we are weak and frail. But when God comes in the whirlwind and speaks, is he angry? Is he gaining revenge? No. When he speaks in the whirlwind, he does so for correction, for the sake of the land, and in mercy. How man needs correction. Christians need the correction in the whirlwind. What does James say in chapter 4 of his letter? Now consider this, you who say, we will move, move to such and such a place, we will do business and make a profit and then move somewhere else next year. That's your plan. That's your routine. And with that plan, you can do what you want. You play God. You are God. You are your God. You are planning your life. But what does James say? Don't you know 
You cannot tell what's coming tomorrow. Your life is like a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. Oh, how Christians need this correction. You remember in Psalm 107, how the writer is talking about the mercies of God. And he talks about those who go down to ships upon the sea to do business. They're tycoons and big shots. That's all we want, to be big shots. Even little big shots. Because it's a shot if you're calling your own shots. Do you know how important it is for every sentence in our hearts to be finished with if the Lord wills? So what does the Lord do to these big shots on the ship? He sends a whirlwind on the sea that tosses the ship up and down until they're afraid of their very lives and their hearts melt for fear. And finally, at last ditch, they cry out to God. And God saves them from the storm. Oh, I think every man needs a season of whirlwind. If it will bring that humiliation and correction to our boastful routine life. And how we need correction from our religious things. You know what religion does? Religion, in the end, makes God small. In the end, religion turns God, a living God, into an idol. Now, if I sacrifice to this idol, if I pray to this idol, then I have control over this idol. So the God of Israel becomes an idol. Can you believe? The God who says, don't make any image of me. I am the creator God. Israel made him into an idol. How? Because they said, he is my God. He takes care of me. He answers my prayers. He does what I want. So God had to speak through the prophets. He said, oh no, I am God who do what I want. You are my servant. And so Israel went into captivity 
And then of course reason. Oh, how we reason ourselves into unbelief. Our nation right now is full of reasonings. Are you a democratic reasoner or a republican reasoner? Some of you are sad, some of you may be happy. All of that reasoning won't help us out of the trouble we're in. Our reasoning has made the Republican bankers and businessmen corrupt, completely corrupt. Our democratic reasoning has made our government completely corrupt. You see, no system works with sinful corrupt men. And so Job found himself in a whirlwind. God had to knock out his routine, knock out his reason, knock out his religion. Now, it's interesting, just as a side note, is the God's strategy of how you knock the smarts out of somebody. How did God do it? In chapter 38, God begins to speak to Job. And he begins by asking Job 37 questions that Job has to say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. How is the earth made? I don't know. How did a goat give a birth? I don't know. Where are you in the start? I don't know, I don't know. He had to undo all of his smartness. We think we're so smart. God has got 37 questions for you and me. He says, come now, let us reason together, and he asks us some questions. The bottom line is we have no idea why God is doing what he's doing. And so Job was undone. But what does it say in James chapter 5? If you turn to James 5, you see why God was doing all this to Job. Job chapter, James chapter 5 and verse 11. We count those blessed who endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is full of compassion. And merciful. Now God 
had to knock Job down. Job was a stubborn, willful man, just like you and I. 约伯就像你我一样，是非常的顽固，非常的硬着颈项的。But he was fighting against God.但是他在那里好像跟神要争，要争斗。There's a famous poem from the 19th century written by a black poet.在19世纪有一个黑人诗人写了一个很有名的诗。It's about the prodigal son in Luke 15. 它是关于路加福音十五章浪子回头的故事。And the famous line from the poem is, Your arms are too short to box with God. 那个那个诗里头最有名的一句就是说,你的绑臂太短了,如果你要跟神斗拳的话,你的绑臂太短了。I'm sure you've seen a fight that's unmatched. And here's a man who gets knocked down, but he keeps standing back up and he gets knocked down again. He keeps standing back up and gets knocked down again. How stupid is this man? But that's you and I. Finally, Job laid on the ground. And then God showed him what he was about. Job, forget your routine. Forget your reasoning. Forget your religious stuff. You need me. And he saw God. And God was all he needed. God blesses us with so many things. But what do we really need? Job discovered that day. When he saw God, it answered all his questions. He bowed down and repented in the dust. And God raised him up. And so this is a story that we see repeated time and time again. The whirlwind come. But who can hear God speaking in the whirlwind? It takes a God-fearing man like Job to hear God speaking in the whirlwind. God speaks in the whirlwind. Do you hear what he's saying? What, what have you heard? Have these recent days done anything to alter our lives? Is it just that God's angry with us? He's wanting revenge? Or is it that the whirlwind has come as a rod of correction? The whirlwind has come for the sake of the land that we live in. The whirlwind has come because God wants to have mercy upon us. Now this same lesson that was learned by Job is also a lesson to be learned by the nations. 
God looks down upon the nations of this world. And he's looking for nations and how they will respond. And how, what is God looking at as he looks upon the many, many nations in this world? Here's what he's looking for. A nation that he can use to advance the kingdom of God. Now when God looks down, he sees no Christian nation. There is no Christian nation. Actually, statistically, Nagaland is the most Christian nation. No, he's not looking for a perfect place. But he's looking for a nation that cares that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And he's always been looking for such a nation. And when the Lord Jesus comes back to take his throne, he will judge the nation. Now let's look at a few verses. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is speaking about the last days. And we come to verse 31 where he speaks his last parable. We know this is the parable of the sheep and the goats. But let's read verse 31 and 32. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He'll sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him. All the nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate the nations from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. So this particular parable is not about individuals, it's about nations as they're brought before the king in the time of his reign. And some of the nations will have cared for his people. And they will be rewarded. And others cared nothing for his people, even persecuted his people. And they will be punished. We also notice in Deuteronomy chapter 32, Moses is giving his last prophecy. And we hear this most beautiful song as he prophesies things to come. But in talking about his very creation of nations, Moses says this in verse 8 and 9. 
when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of men, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. Now Moses is saying that when God defines the boundaries in the nations, he has Israel in mind when he sets them. For in the end, the Lord's people are his portion. Now, without going into Israel, let me make a broader principle from this statement. God is concerned for his kingdom. For his son to come and reign in a glorious kingdom. When our Lord Jesus came to earth, the kingdom of heaven came to earth and began to grow. And in God's hands, nations are rising and falling in relation to the kingdom of the heaven. We know there's many places in scripture which we can't go into today that say that kings rise and fall by the hand of God. And you know, even in the history of Israel, Israel had at times good kings. David, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, Josiah, these are good kings. They brought strength to the country. They were raised up by God. But you know something else? God also made Ahab a king. Manasseh a king. Jeroboam a king. Nebuchadnezzar a king. But these were evil kings. And as he said to Nebuchadnezzar, I have to make you like an animal until you understand the heavens rule. And so we turn to Acts chapter 13 where Paul is preaching his gospel. And as Paul tells the story in chapter 13, we'll just read verse 21-22. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. After he had removed him, 
He raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he testified and said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. 后来他们求一个王，神就将便雅悯支派中祭祀的儿子扫罗给他们做王四十年，既废了扫罗，就选立大卫做他们的王，又为他做见证说：“我寻得耶西的儿子大卫，他是和我心意的人，凡事要遵
to believe that he needed to send the children of Israel back to build the temple in Jerusalem. And throughout the centuries, God has blessed various nations for participating in advancing the kingdom of God. Those of you who've traveled with our brother Christian and have been around Germany realize how the Lord used Germany in a time in the Middle Ages when the, the church was in captivity to Rome. And then in the 18th and 19th century, especially used Great Britain as a mighty empire to advance the kingdom of God. When we talk about great Christian men through history, we're usually talking about some Englishmen. They brought the word of God throughout the earth. They sent out missionaries throughout the earth. Then the United States. We grew, and many Christians with strong moral conviction. We sent Bibles all across the earth. Missionaries all across the earth. And strangely, stood with Israel when she became a nation against all of the enemies around. Now, when there is such a nation that advances the interests of the kingdom, God blesses that nation and places a hedge, as it were, of favor and protection. You know, the United States has a policy they call uh, favored nation status. And many countries want to be a favored nation because that means they get good, good deals on the transactions and selling and buying. Well, God also has his favored nation status. And it has to do with whether we're giving a cup of cold water to his own. Are we standing with Israel? Are we standing with the church around the world? Are we helping or hurting? I won't argue the case, but you know that most people around the world for years thought that the United States was a Christian nation. All the preachers came from there. All the charity came from there. But when a nation in the favor of God is blessed by God, it is also attacked by Satan. And when Satan attacks, he tries to take away that testimony 
当撒旦来攻击的时候，他要把那个见证就拿走了。We used to be known as a Christian nation。美国曾经是被称作基督徒的国家的。Now do you know what many people in this world call us？那现在很多世界上其他国家怎么称呼美国呢？The Great Satan，叫做大撒旦。Do you know that？你知道吗？If you wonder why Islamic people。are trying to hurt the United States, they call us the Great Satan. Now why is it? Because now the United States is seen as being the number one sender, not of Bibles, but pornography. And we send out all across the world our youth rebellion to all of the cultures. And now we're the United States that stands for homosexuality. Don't forget, we are the center of media. Out of us comes all the movies and all of the TV and all of the web sites. And many small and conservative cultures around the world see us as the great Satan and the purveyor of evil in the world. Now I hope you can make this distinction. Because there's a problem of understanding here. It's not that the United States is the worst nation in the world. As many other nations, much more godless. Full of darkness. It's not talking about relative goodness. The question simply is, are we on the Lord's side? Are we advancing the kingdom? Is our testimony a light to the world? Why are we so blessed? I think you heard both of the candidates. They always said, We're a great nation because we're a great people. Wrong we're a great nation because we have a great government. We're a great nation because we know how to do business, finance, business. Technology. We're a great nation. Because of the blessing factor from God. We are nothing without God. And if we don't realize that God is speaking to us in the whirlwind, 
We will become like other nations who used to serve the purpose of God and now are thrown aside. And God takes away his restraining and his blessings, and the darkness begins to come in. I give you my opinion. You must ask Brother Christian if I'm right. Brothers and sisters, I think the United States is in the midst of a whirlwind. Now, do we hear the Lord speaking? It probably happened before 9 11, but that was the worst attack we ever had on the United States. And then we got up and we were hit again by Katrina in 2005. Worst, worst hurricane ever in history. And then uh, school shootings in 2007, Virginia Tech and elsewhere. In 2008, we had the financial tsunami in the banks, the auto industry, uh, and Wall Street and everything. Now, forgetting the rest of the world who have their problems too, but in 2011, last year, there were Now,我们大家想是什么呢？是最干旱的一年。And well, in the political campaigns, here's what they say. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> All the politicians say, we'll get through this, we'll get through this. And now our new motto, forward. Is that all it takes? Is somebody shouting a word and we all move forward? Oh, we're all scrambling to get back in our routines as quickly as possible. How many times will we get knocked down? I, I watch the news regularly. But I've heard as much reasoning among Democrats and Republicans as in the Book of Job. What do we got now? Nothing's changed. Complete self-interest and gridlock in Washington. 
在华盛顿仍然是个人的利益、个人利益的团体，这样好像是一个打劫的情形。We need to pray for those leaders in our government. 我们需要为政府中掌权的祷告。If anybody can testify, we don't know what we're doing. It's our politicians. 如果若是有人能够说谁不知道我们到底在做什么的呢？那就是那些政那批政客。But here is my only final point. 啊，这里是我一些的结论。In the midst of the whirlwind， 在旋风当中 ，most people only hear thunder。大多数的人只听到那个打雷的声音。And they try to rebuild their nest as quickly as possible。他们就要尽快的把他们那个鸟巢给造好。But it's the church that should hear his voice in the whirlwind。但是只有教会在那个旋风中能听到神的声音。Now, how many of you know the famous verse of Second Chronicles 7:14? 有多少人知道啊？历代记下第十四章。How many of you know? 大家有多少人知道呢？大家都应该心里头都应该记得的。Turn there right now. 历代记下十四章。Do we hear the Lord in the world? 我们是否？在旋风中听到神说话呢 ？In Second Chronicles chapter seven， 在历代之下第七章 ，and verse fourteen， 七章十四节 ，Solomon is praying a prayer。所罗门在这里祷告 ，and God is speaking that if the if Israel does not remain faithful, He will send drought and whirlwind on the land。神说：“若是以色列的民啊心不向着我，我就把那个干旱、旋风加给他们。”但是在十四节这样子说 ：“If my people who are called by my name， 这成为我名下的子民。Now, now who's that？ 那是谁呢 ？Now in the United States with many people， 在在美国有有很。” Now, who are those who are, who are those who are called by His name? 那是有哪些人是称为他名下的人呢 ？Christians 是基督徒。Are called by my name shall humble themselves. 是成为我名下的子民要自卑。And pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. 若是自卑，祷告，寻求我的面，转离他们的恶行，我必从天上垂听，赦免他们的罪，医治他们的地。Now are you one of those people called by His name？ 你是否是称为他名下名的人呢 ？Are you one of these who gathered together to pray, to repent, and seek His face？ 你是否在这里自卑，在这里祷告、谦卑，寻求他的面呢？ Now we, you know, we pray on Tuesday nights here. 礼拜二晚上我们在这里祷告。Now don't tell me that your routine prevents you from coming. 啊，不要告诉我说你有一些例行的事情要处理，你就不能来。That your busyness keeps you away. 因为你太忙了，你不能来。Let me ask you a deeper question. 那我问你一个更深的问题。Does your routine allow for God? 你日常的生活的例行公事。是否让神呢 ？Are you a man, a woman of prayer? 你是否是一个祷告的男人或女人呢 ？A man, a woman of the word. 是一个男人祷或者女人是寻求神话的人呢 ？Now it would be better for us if our routine were destroyed than for us to continue 
in such a routine that keeps us from seeing the face of God. If my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. Do you believe a whirlwind may be upon us for the sake of the land? You think God still maybe has a purpose for our country? Now I know some of you more recently moved here to the United States. But this is your stewardship now. Don't say, don't count me in. In the kingdom of God, you have a vote. Do you hear what he's saying in the world? This is so important. Sometimes the Lord shakes us in order to make us consider our way. Two other scriptures and then I'm finished. Now you need to find the book of Haggai. Among the prophets. There's an old, gray-haired, bearded guy. Almost at the end of the Old Testament. Now the children of Israel have been shaken by their captivity. And Haggai says to them in verse 5 of chapter 1, Now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You've sown much, harvest little. You eat, but there's not enough. You drink, but there's not enough to become drunk. You put on clothes, but you're not warm enough. You earn wages, and you put it into a purse with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways and go up to the mountain. Bring wood and rebuild the house of God, that I may be pleased in it and be glorified, says the Lord. 你们吃却不得饱，喝却不得足，穿衣服却不得暖，得工钱的将工钱装在破漏的囊中，万军之耶和华如此说：你们要警察自己的行为，你们要上山取木料，建造这殿，我就因此喜乐且得荣耀。这
And then finally, uh, just a word from Peter in First Peter chapter five. 最后，我们读一出经节，《彼得前书》。Verse six, five. Verse five. Verse six. Verse six. This should be our response. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you a whirlwind only lasts for a little while. It does its damage and passes away. But in the whirlwind, we can hear the voice of God. Coming with a rod. Coming for the sake of the land. Coming with mercy. Most people can't hear God's voice. And so this super storm will soon be forgotten. I wonder what happens in 2013. How God in His mercy wants to turn His people into those who truly seek first the kingdom of God. May we find ourselves seeking the Lord's face in these coming days. And maybe, as with Job, after being humbled for a season, the Lord will lift us up. His, his intentions are mercy. So we pray to him. Why don't we just sing this chorus that we know, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, as our closing prayer today. Yeah. Uh-huh.